You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to another special report here on Legal Talk Network. My name is Alan Pierce. I'm an attorney in Salem, Massachusetts, and today's show is being recorded on location at the Workers' Injury and Advocacy Group Conference at the Bacara Resort in Santa Barbara, California. Joining me today is George Santini. Welcome to the show, George. Before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Alan. Uh, I practice in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Uh, it's a, actually the largest city in Wyoming. Uh, my law partner is uh, Tony Ross. It's a little two-man firm. Uh, we practice uh, the fields of workers' compensation, personal injury, and domestic relations. Uh, I've been in practice ever since, uh, private practice, since 1984. After uh, graduating from the University of Wyoming in 81, I uh, worked at the Wyoming Supreme Court for four years and uh, have been in private practice ever since. Okay. And I know you're one of the featured speakers uh, at this conference, and one of the topics that is attracting quite a bit of interest is a topic that you are going to be covering, uh, and that has to do with the opting out of workers' compensation. And I know there, in Wyoming you are dealing with some of those issues, but tell us where the whole concept of opting out of the workers' comp scheme has developed historically in this country. It seems to be pushed primarily by the retail industry and uh, the uh, insurance uh, administration uh, firms, such as Sedgwick. The concept of opt-out is that instead of electing to purchase traditional workers' compensation coverage, certain industries have obtained legal approval to opt out of the workers' compensation system entirely and uh, in some cases have created their own workers' compensation program. Uh, Give us a couple of examples. What states are the most um, uh, active in doing that? Texas is probably the most active. Uh, It's had uh, opt-out provisions in their law. I believe they established those about 10 years ago. Uh, Oklahoma has recently passed some legislation. It was a subject of a Oklahoma Supreme Court decision earlier this year where they affirmed it on uh, basic legislative grounds, uh, whether or not it contained more than one topic or not. Uh, But the Oklahoma law differs from the Texas law slightly in that in Texas it retains what's known as the exclusive remedy provisions of workers' comp. That is, if, if you elect workers' compensation benefits, your only uh, remedy for workplace injuries is workers' compensation. Uh, in Oklahoma, they have not only allowed opt-out in the, the statute, but also have retained exclusive remedies. So even if you don't have traditional workers' compensation coverage, uh, you still are not able to re- to uh, bring a, a tort claim against your employer in the event of a workplace so injury. So what, ha- what happens to a worker who works for an employer who has opted out of the workers' comp system? Has that employer opted into some other system? Is that a requirement? I can give you an example out Please. of Wyoming. Uh, there is a recent Wyoming Supreme Court case. Uh, it was handled by a friend of mine, Bob Nicholas. Uh, Bob represented a couple of employees uh, who worked at the Walmart warehouse uh, located outside of Cheyenne. Now, this is a massive facility, uh, about a million square feet. And all these guys do is operate forklifts and uh, move uh, pro- move uh, goods and, uh, on and off the loading docks. 
you would consider them to be dock workers. However, because Walmart has opted out of the workers' compensation system in Wyoming and their primary industry is deemed to be retail sales, the people who work in that warehouse are not covered by Wyoming workers' compensation and are instead covered by what they call the Walmart workers' compensation plan. Now, what they don't tell you when you go to work at Walmart is that if you're injured at, at work, you have a choice. Either you waive any remedies you have against Walmart and take the benefits under the workers' compensation plan, or you don't get any benefits at all. And the uh, workers' comp plan, whether it be the Walmart plan or some of the other replacement plans in Texas and Oklahoma, the benefits are governed by what the employer decides and the dispute resolution process the same? No, it's not. In, in Wyoming, the Wyoming Walmart workers' compensation plan caps uh, weekly benefits at $200 per week. That's the maximum somebody could collect? That's no the matter maximum. W- really? And it's capped 52 weeks, no matter what. There is no such thing as permanent partial disability or, or even permanent total disability. Well, that may be good for Walmart's loss experience, but somebody who has an injury that goes beyond that, the cost for that has to be borne by somebody. I guess it's the taxpayers in Wyoming? Well, in Wyoming, what happened to these, these gentlemen is that uh, uh, they attempted to file both for the, under the Walmart plan and under Wyoming Workers' Comp, and essentially made the argument that our industry should be deemed to be extra hazardous. We're working in a warehouse. Warehousing is a statutorily defined extra hazardous occupation. Why aren't we covered? And the court said, well, because of the change in the Wyoming law, where instead of looking at the particular employment of the individual, we look at the primary industry of the employer, uh, you're not covered under Wyoming workers' compensation. Have there been, do you anticipate, any type of constitutional or other type of legal challenges to the adequacy of these benefits and or the uh, due process or equal protection that workers are being deprived of? Well, you're probably familiar with the, the, the case out of Florida. Paget. Paget, where uh, recently there has been some discussion concerning the inadequacy of Uh, even workers' compensation remedies where there have been reduction in benefits levels. I actually wrote a law review article, oh, God, I guess it was published in 1995, in which I questioned the adequacy of the Wyoming uh, workers' comp system because we went through what they call workers' compensation reform. I call it deform in 93, where they substantially cut benefit levels. Uh, at the same time uh, uh, imposing an administrative law system rather than a court-administrated workers' comp system. So from your perspective, even though you're focusing primarily on Wyoming, do you see the concept of opting out of workers' comp something that those of us in other states around the country need to be aware of? They're coming for you. Think so? Yeah. I, I think there's no doubt about it. I know that they've, there's been some discussion recently in Michigan. Obviously, the, the push uh, was made through Oklahoma. I think you're going to see it uh, uh, as part of the way they will sell it. This is just my anticipation the way they're going to sell it. Is that they're going to say that we need to give industry the option of providing a different set of benefits that fits the industry rather than one that fits all, uh, a suit that fits all sizes. 
Well, it looks like we've reached the end of our time today. I want to thank George Santini for joining us. If our listeners have any questions or wish to follow up with you, how can they reach you, George? Uh, they can uh, email me. My email address is george at ross-santini.com. That's Ross, R-O-S-S? That's correct. Dash Santini.com? Correct. Well, thank you. It's been another edition of Special Reports. I'm Alan Pierce. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you, Alan. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.